on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. So after all, I asked myself, I'm like, why do you put up with this? What is going on with you? Because mm-hmm. um, I, in my heart of hearts, I really truly love this man. Right. I loved him even through each incident that happened that I think a, a healed woman or would have just left. Deuces. Mm-hmm. I would leave and then I would explain it away. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. A Tribe Vibe is a twist on ladies' night, focusing on self-care for black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. Hello, hello, everyone. (laughs) I know it's been a long time since you all have seen me, but I am here today. I am back and I'm starting a new season of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together podcast. This is, it uh, it feels good to be back on air again. We're going to get into this, this amazing story Hold on one second. But first, I am going to play this intro. Just for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic, melanin popping. Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. And we're back. All right. Tonight is going to be a story about, um, 
it's a true crime story. So this is for anyone who, hey, Dwana, hey, Dwana. This is for anyone who's into true crime stories. This story, I believe, was on Oxygen. Uh, my guest will let me know if it is. But before we get into that, I want you all to drop a one in the chat if the questions I'm about to ask sound familiar. All right. So these questions are for you or if you know of anyone. Have you or anyone you know been in a toxic relationship? Have you or anyone you know recognized the sign of toxicity in a relationship? I need you to drop your ones in the chat and let me know. Have you ever stayed in a toxic relationship longer than you should have? Or if you know someone who's done that. Have you ever tried to change or fix a toxic partner or your toxic partner? Have you ever felt trapped or isolated in a toxic relationship? Have you ever lost touch with friends or family due to a toxic relationship? Have you ever been made feel guilty or responsible for toxic behavior of your partner? And lastly, have you ever found it difficult to set boundaries with a toxic person in your life? Okay, the ones are lighting up in the chat. And someone put a one in the chat for myself. So this is please. So this is what we're going to do. And um, we're going to talk about some of these questions. But for people who do not know me, I see a lot of new faces. My name is Ursula B. I am your host of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. And this is a podcast about mental health and wellness, especially for us sisters, because we can relate to each other just how we can. So what I'm going to do is bring my wonderful guest out of the waiting room. And if she looks familiar to anybody, drop a one in the chat as well. Hey, Cindy. Hello. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? <sighs> it's been a day. <laughs> Good day. Good. I'm so glad you, especially with what's going on and a good thing in your personal life. Can yes. I mention it or did you want to mention it? Oh, you can mention it. Okay. So Cindy, when we got on today, she said, well, I'm going to be a grandmother. When? Oh, my daughter's in labor now. What? Do we need to reschedule? She's like, no. So um, let's thank the grandbaby to let the grandbaby hold off at least until we finish. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. So Cindy and I met through a mutual podcaster. And Cindy was lighting the chat up because I was a guest. And you all need to check out Mission for Mental Health. And then Cindy and I connected with each other. So in that time, I found out that Cindy is an author. Would you like to hold your book up, please? <laughs> I know. It's I know. a little beat up. It's a little because <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> for people so they can recognize what this book looks like. And after you all hear us talk, you're going to want to purchase the book. The link is in the show description box. And I also, please like, comment, and share this video because we're going to learn tonight. So, Cindy. Yeah. Where do we start? This is such a loaded, uh, this is going to be a loaded podcast, but in a great way. Yeah. So, let's talk about early life when you were growing up. Okay. And for those who don't know, I read about 
half, a little more than half of the book. So I did have some questions. I do remember you made a comment about um, just not being seen or felt like you were seen as a child. Is that right? Yes. I think this was when I was talking about, um, I'm not sure if that's the one when I was in a play. Yes. I'm not sure if that's the one you're talking about. So I, I can't remember if I was seven or eight, but I was in a play and it was mm -hmm. a Christmas play. And there was a scene in where they needed a child to grab um, the person who played Jesus, him of his cloth and said, and make a statement out loud and mm -hmm. say it. So the person that was supposed to do it didn't do it. So they pulled me in the next show because this was all live on stage. <laughs> and I went to pull and say my line but I think I said it solo or I just froze and they kind of like pushed me out the way. Oh, <laughs> it went past that. And I'm like, why did I freeze? Why am I not ever being heard? Mm. And it was just as a, as a child, I think I was, I was extremely shy and was just, my voice was always silent is how I felt. And I was wow. like, gotten to the point. I went from being this tomboy, loud, and and then down to where I was kind of like hidden. And mm. family, and I don't think my family really knew what I was going through because I I cried in silence. I would go and hide behind couches and stuff, and I would just cry, mm -hmm. uh, getting picked on by my young relatives, but they didn't know any, any better. We were all young with right. the names that I was being called by my own family members. Right. One family said, you almost didn't make it in because you were ugly. So. Ah. <sighs> I know. Family, yes. they can be that person. So can we talk about your high school boyfriend? Yes. I remember part of the story and he was talking about how you were dressed and sounded like you had a banging body <laughs> back in the, the way you described it, which I believe it. But I will say this. <laughs> I was a track runner. I was a true track sprinter. So I had the body of a sprinter. Stallion. Had, Go ahead. Yes. Um, <laughs> even though I had all of that, I was not that one that, thought I was all that cute. You know, mm -hmm. I thought I was kind of skinny. And then I thought my legs were too big. So I, um, I worked very hard with my coach and he said, if you do what I say, you're going to win the nationals. You just listen to what I say. So I was a long jumper. Oh, and I remember the drills that he took me through and all of this. So I ended up through all of that. I won nationals basically. Mm -hmm. He did it. I jumped the furthest I ever jumped. I went 20 feet at the oh, age wow. of, <laughs> I was 17 years old. So for my gift, cause my mom worked her butt off to make sure I had the money to go to this huge event. And she said, you know, if you win, I'll let you go to New Jersey to go see my, my, my cousin, my, we're five months apart. That's my road dog, my cousin. And so I won and I got to go. So why I'm there, I remember seeing a, a young man that I had a big old crush on. And I was truly a, a sprinter. I had no boobs. So I didn't like really wearing a bra because to me, it was no point of wearing a bra. Right. So I remember having on a, a cute little shirt. What I, it was a half shirt and some little shorts. 
And I was standing out there talking to my cousin. My boy cousin was out there. So he was very protective of me and his sister. Right. His sister and I. And we took some pictures. I get back home. And I'm so excited about the pictures. I thought I was looking cute. Finally, I know I worked hard to get this body here. And it was all about really track. And I showed him that picture. And he... I can't remember. I think he slapped it out of my hand. Oh, and he really? Told me, oh, he told me that he didn't call me a, a hoe, but he didn't like the way I was dressed. I don't like you wearing that. That's too revealing or something to that effect. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? I it's I, I, I wear less than this when I wore my track uniform. Right, he, right. He had to dress with those panties on. <laughs> And um, shirts that we wore that was really, really tight. That's where we run, ran. All the shorts were really, really short. My butt cheeks weren't hanging out. My boobs weren't hanging out. And I'm like, so I started really dressing different. He was very mm-hmm. critical about the way I dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it continued on through life, even with other men that I dated. And I was going to ask you that. Do you feel that if that was the beginning of a pattern on how you navigated in relationships? Uh, definitely with uh, maybe some of the clothes, but definitely with my hair. It, my hair was a huge thing. Really? Uh, because they didn't like me cutting my, I love my hair cut short, like the Halle Berry shortcut. And it's like when I'm not with someone, that's when I felt like I thrive. But actually my stepfather didn't like short hair. There's a lot of older men that didn't like women cutting their hair. And my mm-hmm. stepfather or my who raised me was my father who raised me. He didn't like short hair. He didn't like you cutting your hair. So I always wore my hair long. Girl, when I turned 18, I cut all of those. Did I, was, you? I was Halle Berry hair. <laughs> so I had like got myself back and then I'm with my high school boyfriend who kind of crushed that. The, the clothes and I just really never really picked up the pattern, but I would always change my look for who I'm with all the way up to the person in the book. Right. Right. My hair was short because I go long, short, long, short, but my hair was short and I was thinking about leaving it short and I let it grow to about this length. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting at a table and I remember my best friend was sitting there. We were at one of my aunt's house and I said to her, I said, okay, my hair don't got too long. I'm going to cut it off. And he kind of mumbled, but it was loud enough for him to say, oh, no, the hell you're not. And that was it. Never touched my hair. Never cut it. It grew down my back. You didn't shake the table? Nope. (laughs) I knew I wasn't supposed to cut my hair. It was like my dad telling me not to cut my hair or men saying you're losing your strength. But I let men run how I wore my hair. Mm. And for me to start my lock journey, honey, I'm loving every minute of it. And nobody can tell. I don't care what you say now. I'm not cutting my hair. But those triggers, I don't think, because even, you know, I'm like, oh, he cares about me. But I want women to know, be your authentic self. If you see little triggers like that, it's a lot bigger. And you don't even realize how big it is. That's just gradually breaking you down into a shell. And you're not even realizing it. Right. so subtle. It is very subtle. And, and 
it's so subtle and it's like a, a red flag, but it has the red roses covering it just to make it look so good. But we, we know all of us have been there. I, I've felt it and we just ignore it. Mm-hmm. It's easier to, and you said that in your book. So that resonated with me. And let me get to my notes. Uh-oh. I, okay. You, you see all this scroll right here. Okay. So before we get to the end, because that's what a lot of people, including myself, want to get to. Can you talk about the military relationships and the husband? That was intriguing to me. Oh, my military. <laughs> and I, I, um, I remember when I left for the military. Uh-huh. Um, and I went to another station, but the biggest one is when I went to Japan. Okay. And in Japan is where I met my second daughter's father. Mm-hmm. And that person, literally, he treated me like a, a queen. Yes. He did. And I had ended up getting pregnant again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he did treat me um, like a queen. And I was not used to some of the things. Because the first thing he said to me was, you better not kill my baby. Um, And I'm looking at him because I knew the trauma I went through with my first daughter. Mm -hmm. My father, we were young and he didn't want me to have it. And so for someone to do special things while I was over in Japan, um, something as simple as we were at the beach. He carried me because he was like, I don't want you to be tired. So he carried me around the beach because I'm pregnant. Carried me into the water and <laughs> told me to get on his back. So it was things like that. So in the military, that relationship was good until he got mm-hmm. stationed somewhere else. So now he's going back stateside. And I was mad because I wanted him to stay. Don't leave me. I started, I had the abandonment. So at that point, mm-hmm. I cut a relationship that could have probably still went in a positive way. I literally said, I sabotaged it. You don't love me. You don't care. If you did, you wouldn't have left. Mm-hmm. And I stopped talking to him. Even when he tried to call me, I was like, well, you're going to be stationed on this side. I'm going to be stationed on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. I was putting all the blame on him and he had nothing to do with it. It was the military. Well, I'm mm. new to the military. I didn't want to hear that because this is the person who had really treated me really, really well. I saw how he treated his mother. It was the opposite of what I went through with my first daughter. But yet, right. still, because of that, him leaving, and because I'm sabotaging it, my first daughter, my high school sweetheart, actually got in contact with me while I was over in Japan. I want you to come back. I want yeah. you to marry me. All those red flags I had with him, but because of how I was feeling and I put it in my head that my daughter's father, who I was pregnant with, didn't want me, I go back. Yeah, so I saw I that. I have this pattern. I go back to something that should have been left alone. He told me he got me. <laughs> he told me he had a place for us to stay. All of this stuff. I'm in the military. I could have did very well in the military. Mm-hmm. And I chose to get out. I got out. I go back. And he did not have any place to live. He ended up getting an apartment in a questionable area. 
Mm-hmm. There was no furniture in there. And now I feel stupid. Mm. So now I'm back home, no job, almost eight months pregnant. And my mother was taking care of, you know, my younger siblings. So it was, you know, I can't be a burden on her. I only had a little money saved from the military. Couldn't find a job, eight months pregnant. Oh my God. She says, well, you're going to have to get on welfare. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have to do anything yet because I was still attached to the military. So I had the baby came back. I went, I fought going. I said, why should I get on welfare? There's nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I can, I'm able to work, but I couldn't find anything. And then trying to take care of a, a young child and then my other daughter. So I went down to the welfare office. The lady told me, you have 10 days to find a job or we will start your check. Oh. So day number seven, I had a job. And I was very happy to call them and said, I don't need your check. Nothing to say if you get in a situation and you need it. I would mm-hmm. never judge or, or you know, someone who has to be in that situation because that's, that's what welfare it. Welfare is for a temporary help. That's it. And, you know, there's people who abuse it and there's people who temporarily needed help mm-hmm. because years later I had to go and get food stamps. Right. Because of a situation. And I was like, well, I've paid into it. But I didn't need it at 20 some years old. That was my thought. I don't judge anyone who has no, in that situation can't. because, you know, that's my path. That was the, what I needed to do. So mm-hmm. I don't judge on that, on that part. But I did. It just pushed me harder to uh, find a job. So uh, you said the military. What else did you ask? Me? Oh, uh, let's see. One second. So you can let everybody know briefly about how you became a cop. Because <laughs> then we go into the nitty gritty of everything. I'm out of the Marines now. Um, I, I'm wanting to now. I want to be. I'm just be upfront, officer friendly. I thought I was gonna be at the high school, at an elementary school talking to the kids about being a police officer. That's how I saw myself. Girl, in Atlanta, no ma'am. Are you kidding? Oh, yes. You're talking about being officer friendly and you, oh, I was about to say Bowen Holmes or something. <laughs> well, I was, I was out, I was in an agency outside of Atlanta. But oh, okay. Some of our calls ran into Atlanta. So really, the addresses was Atlanta. But it was a different county. Okay. So I worked for that county. <laughs> okay. Understood. Understood. So I made a, um, I remember going through the process. It was a year long. So in between that, because I briefly worked at the post office, I became a security officer. So I was like, oh, this will help me. Let me be a security. Uh, yeah, security and police, it is not, <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> so... <laughs> I um I think it was some all over the news saying you need to hurry up and um Dewana oh Dewana I'm sorry yeah that's why I put it up when she said she knew you Dewana hi oh my gosh yes that's wow. funny small world yes oh my my mom used to watch had her children no and way day, I'm, I'm all off topic 
No, they that's were in, okay. My mother was, they were in my mom's daycare. Oh my gosh, Dawana is awesome. She ain't no joke now, I will tell you. She was no joke as no uh, as a mother. Yeah, she did not play Oh, I believe kids. it. I believe uh, Her children, highly intelligent. Yes. Oh, wait till I tell my mom. Dawana <laughs> is the truth. I've always liked her. I've yes. always, yeah, she's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so I um went through the process. Something was on the news that they were taking too long. So I get, you know, they speed up the process. And we were in a, uh, we actually had a dual academy. So I ended up, we started off with actually two females. Uh, mm-hmm. And partially through the um, academy, the other female was faded into another position within the department. So now I'm the only female. And I came out of the Marine Corps. I dropped that child. I'd gotten back in shape. I made sure I was obese. I didn't yeah. give those guys any because <laughs> I'm a runner. So in our runs and in our because it's physical. I was a I'm a physical person when it comes to sports and things like that. So mm-hmm. I think I did very well <laughs> in the academy because I had um there were some guys that were making sure I trained a little bit harder because it was like you got to be okay out there on the streets. So we would run extra. We would go to the weight room, mm-hmm. but going through um, the academy was, it was pretty okay. It was not as strict as I was in the Marine Corps. Right. But, but some of the instruct, one of the instructor was prior military, uh, uh, Marine. So he took us to another level when he had us. Did he? But, yes. But overall getting through the academy, I think that's where I actually tore my ACL, but I was in such good shape that my muscles kind of catered around my knee. Found out later that the damage to my knee came from either there or in the military, but it was a jumping, not a running Mm. (laughs) situation is what my, my doctor told me. So going through the academy, but the getting as a police officer on I don't know if you saw some of the things I experienced as a female officer <laughs> in the book. Uh, it's it's from being pushed in the chest by a supervisor and getting the door slammed in my face after he pushed me out of my own office. Mm. Um, you are going to be sexually harassed, whether it just decides. Oh, one more thing. I should have said this before. To- We'll have to think of creative ways to say S.A. or unaliving people or, yeah, because YouTube will strike us. So So I was. S.A. is good. You can say that. I can say Mm -hmm. S.A. Okay. What was Mm -hmm. the other one you said? Unalived. Huh? Unalived. Oh. What your uh, ex didn't want you to do to the baby. Oh, Okay. Yeah, we ain't go over that. <laughs> <laughs> my my, my apologies. Okay. <laughs> I got you. I got okay, you. so those things you can experience as a um as a female um mm-hmm. officer. So when I do see young female officers now, even though I'm retired, I will always tell them to always self care. Mm-hmm. Focus really on the job. You know, everybody preach you can't get your money and honey in the same place. If they girl, so if they stick to that, their career will be at another level. 
because a lot of the male officers do respect the female officers and what they bring to the table. I would not say it. My my experience was not all bad. I had a good experience through mm-hmm. law enforcement for the most part. I felt like I had a lot of big brothers who really sometimes they were fussed at the females about going on a call. I'm like, uh, my uniform is the same as yours. Right, like, right. I don't got fussed at a couple of times. Well, you shouldn't have got there first. Uh, yes, I should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's a good thing. Like they say, 3% is a problem in the community. Same thing with law enforcement. Overall, I'm, I've had a good experience. Good. With law enforcement out of the years, even um, even though campus was a little different, but yes, I will definitely. Right. <laughs> so let's shift to the the topic of this book. Oh, Woo, where do I start? Okay, let's take my glasses off on that one. Let me put my I'll take my glasses on. off and roll my my sleeves up for this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so. I'm going to say the name. I'm going to use the name that you used in the book. We're okay. talking about William. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to just pick out some pieces of the book that I'd like you to explain on. Um, so everyone, um, Cindy met William. And when you were with him, when you met him, and you had asked him if he had protection. And when he showed you his pow pow, you know what I'm talking about? I don't want to mm-hmm. say that word either. Do you think he was doing that to, I know you meant a condom, but he meant a pow pow. But do you think he did that like a subliminal intimidation? I found I that kind it. of true. That just raised the eyebrow with me. And at that time, I thought it was funny. But as we go through, that was it. Because I've never, I'll ask if you got protection. That's a a question that you ask. Right. Or we got to use protection. And for him to bring out the bang bang and kind of hold it. And I'm sitting here looking for, didn't have mines with me. Looking for how I can get out this door. Mm. And then he cracks a laugh. And that's when I go down because I was literally just caught off guard. And then he kind of cracks a laugh and, you know, plays it off. He was like, well, you don't want to ask. You know, I'm just playing with you. You know, I'm just playing. You know, I know you, you know how to do these things to. <sighs> it's that mental warfare. I, I think that's what. That's how I took it, knowing how the somewhat of how this story ends. Yes. You know, because I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking what you were thinking. Condom. Yes, that's exactly what I meant. And for him right. to, for you to walk all the way over to your bag and you pull that out, out of, that was. Makes you think, my, right? My state of mind. Yeah. That, you know, that's, yeah, that's pretty, it, it is what it is. It takes someone from the outside to look in to see, but mm-hmm. that's, I know what I meant when I asked them for that. And then for him to pull that out. And then I, my mind goes, how do I get out of this? 
And then when he starts laughing and joking around and being silly, he I go right back down. Me. So he, he, he was testing me. He, he, he was checked that box with me. Like, okay, I got her there. Yeah. Uh, okay. This was very triggering for me in the book. When he hit his habit of disappearing in the relationship. And if you all are together, I'm just saying on a Sunday, and then you don't hear, oh, when he when he said he disappeared for two months. Like did not hear from him. I went on about my business. I was like, oh, oh, well, you know, you're calling me, you're talking to me really, really hard. Right. And then you just disappear. So I just went on, on about life. And I remember when he texted or no, he called me two months later. And I look at the phone and I just threw it on the bed and gone about my business. Right, right. I should have stayed there. Yeah. Yeah. He became persistent because he calls the next day. He calls the next day. He sends a text. He sends a text. So you're just breaking it down, breaking me down. And then he's very good with his words. And so understanding my state of mind. Like, okay. Then I start playing in my head. Like, what are you doing, Cindy? Why? Why are you tripping? So right. what, he didn't call you for two months. No big deal. Making excuses, making make excuses. And then finally I call and then we start talking again. Yeah. That lasted so many months. But, I, you know, later on, I could attest for what was going on for the two See. months disappearance. I know what, why he disappeared for two months. I know all of those answers now. So put a pin in that because we want to know why too. <laughs> but I'm asking anyone in the chat, if you have a question for Cindy respectfully, please drop it in the chat. If you know of anyone that's been ghosted or if you have been ghosted like Cindy or I have been, and I know it's a lot of people, drop a one in the chat as well. Talk to me. Let me hear from you all. Yeah, I didn't like that that disappearing. That that was very triggering for me. You know, and now that I think about it, it's funny how you can, even if the person, mm, how toxic some relationships can be that you could physically be with a person, yet they can still mentally or emotionally ghost you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, after all, I asked myself, I'm like, why do you put up with this? What is going on with you? Because mm -hmm. um, I, in my heart of hearts, I really truly love this man. Right. I loved him even through each incident that happened that I think a, a healed woman or would have just left. Deuces. Mm -hmm. I would leave and then I would explain it away. Right. I would explain back why. Um, oh, he he didn't mean that. Mm -hmm. He meant it this way. I would come up with, uh, he ain't got to say nothing. He was used to, he, he had checked so many boxes off to make sure I was where he needed me. Yes. He did little tests here and there early on that I wasn't catching. Mm -hmm. And I almost gave him the map on how to deal with me. That's exactly what it is. I you gave know. him the map. Yeah. Oh, if you, if you have another woman, 
I ain't staying, I'm out. So he made sure he kept that other woman that we never connected because the other woman might've said, I don't care about you having another woman. I'm staying. I'm mm -hmm. not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I, later on in the book, you see why I made that statement. Right, right. Okay, so let's talk about, y'all, you all have been together how long was it from when you all first met from when he told you that he was a pastor? I really, I can't remember the, cause we had the ghosting in between. It had been some, I don't think it made it quite to a year, but it was later. That long? It had been some, I know it had been some months. I'm trying, and it's been some years since it's happened. Right. But I'm trying to remember the first time I ended up going to churches we were i remember where i was at i was working a part-time job and we were just having a conversation we were just talking about life and how we we got on um bible and god and things like that you know he was extremely intelligent he was very intelligent mm -hmm. while he walked around with two master's degrees everything your your mom make sure they got master's degrees ah. but he was intelligent enough to know He's good with his words. And so we were having a conversation. I don't know how. We, and he, I said something about pastor or church or whatever. And he was like, uh, he might've said, I have a church. And I said, excuse me? I said, what do you mean? And he, well, I'm a pastor. It's, what? I said, we have had. So you must not preach on premarital, right? Ever, because if that was the case, we shouldn't have went there. That was my thought. So that's another thing he checked off, just to see. Okay, we don't did that, but she still stayed. So why yes, you talking all of you? You talking all of this, but you still stayed. Another woman, I say a heel woman, or who is not going to put up with that, been like, you know what? I'm out, mm -hmm. and walked away. He pushed it out there to see if I was going to leave. And I didn't. So he just added, added. I, I mean, he put it out there for me. And I yeah. still stayed. Still stayed. I wanted to ask you about that, how long it was. Because that came out of nowhere. And I'm reading the book. And I said, oh, when, what, when did... He should have said something, but it's a mental chess game. Yes, exactly. So let's talk about this Kendra person in the back of the car when you all were going to church or something. Yes. Um, she, her, I, I would say our personalities were very similar, very sweet. She, well, Okay. Yes, I'm a sweet person, but <laughs> she was definitely a very nice um, person. Um, I would drive from Atlanta to the um, his hometown, uh -huh. and from there we would drive to the church. Now, prior to that, him and I had did that a couple of times because he preached in another uh, city within Georgia. Uh -huh. So we would ride together. Sometimes his mom ride with us. And he said, well, uh, a friend of a friend of mine is going to ride. She has a her church here, but her and her daughters are going to ride. 
um, with us. It's a fa you know family friend. Okay. I sit in the front seat with him, and she sat in the back with her two children. We're talking the whole. It's the, the trip is the hour or so long to the church. So all of us all in there together. I'm talking to him. I know I because I had started calling him babe. That's how I referred to him. Mm -hmm. And her and I spoke um, after the sermon. What in the sister wives is going on here? <laughs> I literally believe that she was a family friend. And what he had to explain to her was I was just a friend that wanted to support him preaching. So we wow. drove to this location. And at the location, her and I sat right next to each other as he preached with her children and all that. So I can only imagine what the congregation was saying. Oh, that's right. Because I, you know, I was, right, because I'm still fairly new to coming there. Right. And I remember I had one outside. Her and I ended up, we were outside um, after we were talking. He was handling some church stuff. And I still to this day, and I, I, I wish I would have been able to ask her, but she made a statement to me saying, um, I like you better than the other ones. Yeah. So my thought was she had been around him because he told me she was married and she's just coming to support. But my thought was this me making my own story up that she had been around his other women that he had dated or had children with. And that they didn't get along. And so she's happy that he found a new person. So she likes me more than the other one. That's how I received it. I didn't delve any deeper. It was nothing to question. Right, right. Not knowing years later after I, her and I have a candid conversation that him and her were together. So were those made, his kids in the back seat? No, they didn't have children together. They didn't? No. So what did it mean when she said that she was married? He told me that she was married. He had, she had children with her prior husband. She was divorced, but he told me she was married, currently married. And oh. that she was just coming to um, support. Really? So he had us both right there together. I've called, I've called his, I remember calling his house one time and uh, she answered the phone. Um, I was like, hey, let me speak to him. And she was like, oh, he ran to the store. He's not here. I'll let him know. I'll let him know you call when he gets back. I said, okay, thank you. Get off the phone. Apparently when he comes home, he calls me. Hey, what, what you need? What the hell? So he probably was upstairs talking to me while she was probably downstairs. But this is everything I find out. I, I don't put a whole lot of puzzles and pieces together. Right. Um, of just it's right there in your face and you don't know it. And I, I gave him a lot of credit because one, his position. Oh no. Her well. His position in the church. I watched how people in the community was very receptive of him, loving on him is what I saw. Right, right through the early parts. So, okay. Can we go back a little bit? Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you about the signals that women were giving at this family cookout. Now, was he there? Was 
she there as well? I'm trying to remember which. Okay. Cookout, and there was with the uncle, and there was a big family fight, like a brawl or something. Oh, it's been more than one. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> okay, well, we can skip past that then. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about. Oh, no, no, no. That was my family. I know exactly what you're talking oh, about. Oh, okay. That was. That was at my family um, that he had did something, and that nice. was that was partially um, that was Memorial Day weekend, and I had worked on the road. I was at that point I worked in the office, but I wanted to help out the other supervisors to have a weekend off. So I told them, "Hey, y'all take the weekend off. I'll work. You know, I'll come in and work." Mm -hmm. um, so I um, went over to my aunt's house. She was having a cookout and so mm -hmm. he came down for that but his his he had a sister his cousin his nephew and his niece all came uh my daughter said family reunion it really wasn't a family reunion but it was a it was a big cookout i know it was a lot of family there but uh -huh. he, he came because it was a lot of my aunt's friends that were there mm -hmm. oh lord child Woo. so I was already feeling down because that was the day that a mother of six lost one of her children in a, okay. a devastating fire. Uh, well, kind of one of fire, oh, but the baby was pinned between yeah. the car. And so he passed away. So I was really trying to deal with that because I was a supervisor and I know a lot of my officers was experiencing this four-year-old died. And so I remember sitting down talking to my aunt. We were out in her yard. And I came up at one point, my aunt had pulled me aside and she said, my girlfriend is leaving um, because she said that William tried to touch her breast. What? Mm. Well, something wrong. Here's my mind. Something wrong with your girlfriend. Because mm. I know he would not do that. Girl, all the mother red flags, but I'm still going no, right. he, 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 why would he do that? And then it supposedly happened in front of his, um, his family, or he says, you know, normally I won't say nothing because I get nervous and I'm scared to confront on yeah. something that devastating for him to come at me. Cause at this point he knew how to flip things. So I had to be a little careful on how, so I, I saw the lady, I think the lady ended up leaving. Mm-hmm. And so I had pulled him aside and I said, um, I had mustered up enough strength and, and courage to confront him. I probably kind of helped that, you know, I still got other family members around what I had right. him when it was just him and I probably know because what triggered back? Uh, yeah, I got protection. So uh -huh. let me not deal with him that way. Um, still not under trying to play things down in my head. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, I say, well, this lady said that you had touched her. Girl, what? Uh, you know, I didn't do something like that. Why would I do something? I've been up there with, and he named his niece mm -hmm. the whole time. Because niece, he had manipulated her so much. Yeah, she's going to agree. And so I was like, I told my aunt, I was like, well, he said he didn't do it. So I guess she's lying. Maybe she like him. Maybe she won't. Because he always, you know, all these women coming after me, they throwing themselves at me. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I got you. I'd never do something like that. He was always saying that to me. Mm -hmm. And so that leads to he knew that 
the person that was there, one of my uncles was there, had um, touched me when I was a child. Mm. He knew that. So now I guess he want to be big and bad is what he's telling me. I heard it was a whole different story than what was said to me because after the fact, my aunt has, my aunt has told me exactly everything else that had transpired. Right. Right. What was in the book is what was told to me and what I observed. So it went from, I thought that maybe my aunt had said something about uh, telling my uncle what Mm. was allegedly said and he was confronting him. Um, and so it was like, he's a preacher. Why don't y'all go out there and pray about it or something or talk about it? And so the next thing I know, he wanted to brawl with him. Mm. It ended up where it was a huge fight in the front yard. It really? was crazy. I think my uncle's nose got broken. What? Then they must have been doing a lot of talking up on the up the face because all I heard him jump up to get my pow pow. Yes. Because my uncle was going to get his pow pow. And so I ran to the car and I grabbed the lockbox with the pow pow in it and kept it in my hand. And I'm screaming, let's go, let's go. Let's get out of here. Thank goodness. I believe my children had left already. Because mm-hmm. there was a lot of us there. And I remember uh, his family members jumping in my car. And I'm like, let's get out of here. Mm. And I wouldn't. He kept saying, hand it to me, hand it to me. And I'm driving with it stuck on the side of the door where he couldn't reach it. And I think he had had too many drinks Mm -hmm. on top of that. And then I believe his, I could hear his niece talking to her auntie who took off after. So my understanding is my uncle was following me. And then his Mm -hmm. sister was following. And I'm like speeding going all over the place, trying to get, lose him. Um, um, and but my uncle didn't know where I let, live, and so right. I ended up losing him. So we got away from that. But my understanding found out later those type of incidents happen at his house or his family a lot. Really? Because I I remember one holiday I was heading down there. I got off the exit. I was like, Hey, I'm I'm probably five minutes away. He said some stuff happened at the house. I need you to turn around. I drove all the way back to Atlanta. What? His niece told me later it was a huge brawl with the family. Wow. And he was the center of attention of that one. So he obviously prone to violence. I see. I see. Yes, because I remember I never, he was, I never knew of him being, um, he got mad at one woman. Someone had told me at one point because I think she had went through his phone. But it's fighting a man, yes, because his fight for with supposedly with my uncle was to defend me. So he you think was, that, that was a deflection. That's what he was saying. He should have never touched me. So he will fight and defend a woman. Is how I view. I never seen him mm. violent towards a woman. Like it was more protection for children and women is mm. what he tried to display to me. Wow. So I thought I literally really thought that fight was defending, you know, he was like, he should have never touched you. I, I'm going to whip his tail for putting his hands right. on you when you were a child. 
Okay. Probably had nothing to do with it, obviously. Right, right. He obviously can definitely be violent. Well, speaking of the violence, so let's switch. Let's uh, pivot towards when you found out that he was engaged to Kendra. You <laughs> left the house and came back and she was there or y'all had a confrontation or a, a nonviolent <laughs> confrontation. No, no that one. Um. I can't remember if I went to church with him earlier. It was a lot of conversation with a family, with one of his family members. Um, but him and I had been talking on the phone most of the day. And I ca I cannot remember had I seen him earlier or I went to church or whatnot. But supposedly um, she was supposed to be at the house. And... Um, I'm talking on the phone with him. We're having a conversation. He was at the store. He was like, yeah, I'm going to get some stuff. I'm going to cook and all of that. And mm -hmm. um, there was a suspect that she was at the house based on what was text to me. So I'm, he's at the house. I hear him opening the door. I'm thinking I'm going to go in the house with you. He's like, all right, I'll call you back. Click. Oh, so I text. Him. I said, that's what ironic. You don't never hang up the phone with me when you go in the house. Why you hang up this time? Mm -hmm. He's like, no, I'm just trying to handle. I'm trying to finish cooking and all that. I'm a, I'm a car. So you haven't been on the phone with me and cook with me before. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference? I did something that I had never done before. What would you do? My hair was really, really long. I pulled my hair up in a ponytail. <laughs> I already know what that means. I put on some sweatpants <laughs> and some tennis shoes and a t-shirt. Cindy, I called one of my best friends. What are you doing? We got a ride out. She said, No problem. Come get me. That's the girlfriend. You got it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we drive down there. Oh. I pull up. There's more than one car there. I knock on the wait, door. Wait, wait. Did you put Vaseline on? No, I didn't. <laughs> you know, this, I'm all beefed up. Like I'm doing something. Man. Let me let me tell you what my head said. I, I'm like I'm gradually. I get there. I knock on the door. His oldest son answered the door. Right. Canceled everything. I'm not gonna do anything in front of that baby. Even though he was 16, 17 years old, still I'm not gonna oh. act a fool. Right. In front of this child, and he said. Uh oh, because I had built a relationship with this young man, you know, a good relationship as who I was. So he knew something was wrong. Yeah, I've heard some of the things that his child did say um, about the actions that he did not agree with. What really? He saw with his father. Mm. So I go in and I see him sleep on, pretending to be sleep probably on his lazy boy. I come around the way that place was made up. I came around and I see her. Was she wearing anything provocative or just no dress oh, okay. like Sunday's best or whatnot? Because the sun was there. Oh, that's right. Um, so she was that. clearing the table and was apparently washing the dishes while he was relaxing. Were her and kids she, there? No, just his son. Okay. And I think his son got on text messaging real quick because his children knew me 
They have known me for years at this point. And whew, I think at this point, his children should have known me about nine years, eight or nine years. What? I've been in their life at eight or nine that had been in their life. So I go in, I was like, she was like, I said, kid, she was like, Cindy. I was like, hey, um, what is your relationship with him? She put up her hand with the ring on it. And then she stuck her hand back in the water real quick. I said, and so when, when were you, when were y'all supposed to get married? She said, oh, this past October, but he didn't do it. But you were engaged to him. I said, you know, right? I'm engaged. Yes. I said, he's already spoke to my father. He's asked for my hand in marriage. They've had a conversation. I said, we're supposed to get married September of this year, which is a couple of months of next year at that point. I think when, yeah, that was at the end of that year, that following year we were supposed to get, um, get married. And I had right. his name tattooed. I had his legal government name and I also had his line name for his, his chapter that he was in tattooed on, right. on my back. So ladies, when they say do not put somebody else, I don't care if it's your husband, don't do it. Now mm. I'll put my children. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, Cause that cover up is painful. <laughs> I'll just oh. say that because it's been covered up. Did she have a tattoo as well? No. When okay. she saw the tattoo, there was all the lies that he had said about me went out the window. I could tell because she started screaming his name. And so this is when he gets up. So he, wait, 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 wait. So this entire time he's still laying on the sofas. Listening. Listen. Yes, correct. And at what point did you start boiling the grits? <laughs> my mind says not and that's the problem i should have been no no you know like, do it. you see what my mind i'm telling you i've never rolled up and he knew that i was that he i had i told you i gave him the road map where was, was your girlfriend oh she was standing in the doorway they never knew she was there she was ready for the wrong move to happen she was already what was, i forgot where she was at she she was posted. She could see everything. Oh. <laughs> and so she screams his name. He gets up. And that's, of course, I turn around and I literally, in my mind, I went, oh, shit. We're going to have to fight. <laughs> I'd have been like, girl, give me the Vaseline. Catch it. <laughs> Everybody been all three of us. Because <laughs> I believe he might have turned. Um, and so Wait, as he excuse came, me. Oh, excuse me. There's a lot of people logged in right now watching. Everyone, I need you to please like, share this video, hit the like button, and send this link out to people because this is a really good story. Okay, keep going. Okay. I, I'm sorry. My apologies. I had to put that in. Okay. So, so you you had the Vaseline on your face, and then what? <laughs> and my hands. <laughs> I had the um because she went for him, and I was like. Oh my, you know, like we either go, we're gonna have to fight them. You know, I'm coming down here. I don't want this nobody to get hurt because you know I'm hurt. So I deflected from my own pain. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm just 
I had to go back to my, I, I had a thug day back in the days because I used to fight when I was like six and seven. Right. <laughs> so my mind went there too, like, I'm going to have to fight him. I knew he had told me that he had a black belt and he could kill somebody with his hand because he's a black belt. So he always told me, don't worry, I got you. So I knew he, you know, I don't know if that's even true that he has a black belt. But that's one thing I remember him telling me because he's like, I'm a protector. Right. Um, so all that was running through my mind. I was like, but I didn't do anything wrong. So she was like, what is this about? She's screaming at him because she called him one name. I called him another name. <laughs> so we called him two different names. Um, and so she's screaming his name. And I turn around to him. I had his key to, we both had a key to his house. We can both show up at any time. So you're my fiance. Why I got to tell you anything? So he I later found yes, I handed him the key, but I later found it was some it was four numbers on that keychain. Right. I never knew that was to the at her address until after the fact. What the keychain was the numbers to her address to her house. I did not know that until after the fact. So I said, I will talk to you, Kendra. We can step outside and we can talk. I really have nothing to say to him at this point. And because she had grabbed my hand and she started pulling me. She was like, please talk to me. I knew something. I kept feeling something. I said, I can talk to you outside. I'm still trying to stay calm because I know his son is there. If his son was there, I don't know how I would have reacted. I'm just going to be honest. I would have been that. (laughs) You'd have been that chick. (laughs) Yes, because I knew I had my girl back there, and I knew she could throw down. She don't care, she don't care who you were. She would go tag. She would have tore up some things. I need her as a friend. <laughs> we just, I just said, I looked at her. I told, I went over to the child, to his son. I was like, I am sorry. I wish you the best. I was like, I got to go. Just for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra Retwist your locks and realign your chakras Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip Adjust your crown, you God's gift to the world, sis Celestial body, drink your water Meditate, sun-kissed goddess, heavenly order Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic Melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish Whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure You got to love a black girl getting a shift together Black girls are getting a shift together These black girls getting a shift together, man These black girls are getting a shift together These black girls getting a shift together, dog.